93.9 The Eagle, broadcasting live from the Zimmer Radio Group World Headquarters. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry. Ready for interviews with movers and shakers from our community as we dive in for a deeper look inside Columbia. Now, here's your host, Fred Perry. And welcome to the CEO Roundtable Show. Fred Perry, your host this weekend. Glad that you have tuned in. Very pleased to welcome uh, to the Eagle Studios uh, this weekend, Gabe Huffington, who is the director of Columbia's Parks and Recreation Department. Gabe, welcome. Glad you're here. Thank you very much for having me on. Good. I um, uh, Lots to talk about. Uh, you know, a lot of people would think, well, this is January. There can't be too much going on outside uh, in our parks and recreation. But, but to the contrary, it's probably a pretty busy time for you just getting ready for everything that's coming down the pike. Absolutely. So lots of different priorities change, but when we have New Year's resolutions kick in, we always see just an uptick of indoor facilities. So oh, yeah. um, the Activity Recreation Center is, is busy yeah. um, with a lot of folks inside. And then also the Columbia Sports Fieldhouse. When we added that indoor court building uh, a few years ago, it, it kind of changed the landscape of basketball, volleyball, and then pickleball a little bit inside. And so we've really just become this indoor sports facility yeah. and, and place for people to get out of the weather when it's really bad yep. um, to to get in their exercise or get in their recreational opportunities. Yeah. Tell our listeners a little bit about your background. Uh, where did you grow up? Sure. So I actually grew up in Southwest Missouri. Okay. Um, and then what's I, the name of the town? Um, Buffalo, Missouri. Buffalo. Yep. Okay. Very so, good. On Highway 65. Absolutely. Yep. yep. So I grew up there. Uh, it went to high school there and graduated, and then went to college, University of Central Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, and then ended up getting a master's degree. And but I always had fallen in love with golf course management, and so I kind of did that for about ten years. Wow. Um, bounced around a little bit, and that brought me to Columbia. And so I took a job at the Columbia Parks and Recreation Department as the golf and sports turf supervisor. Okay. And so I did that for about four years, and then uh, you know, working under Mike Hood and Mike Grigg, started to realize that um, administration and parks and recreation was something that I, I had definitely had an interest in, and so I had the opportunity to continue to uh, be promoted within the department. And then about a year ago, I took over as the director of parks and recreation. Yeah. So how long have you been uh, with the Columbia Parks and Recreation Department? So I've worked for the department about fifteen years. Fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you worked your way up to the top. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Good so to you. Speak. Thank you very much. That's great. Um, well, you know, it's really it's a it's a it's a thriving enterprise, and we'll, we'll talk more about the different parts of uh, parks and recreation. And can you kind of give our listeners an idea or a feel for sort of the scope of your job? Uh, you are responsible. Uh, tell us just some numbers, like the number of employees and the number of parks and so forth. Sure. So we always, when we describe our department, we talk about three key divisions. One is park administration. So when we think about um, the business side of what we do from finance to human resources to marketing, um, that's a lot of what I do on a daily basis. And then also obviously working with city council. And um, But then we also have our park services division. And so when we when we look at the maintenance of parks, construction, um, all of those different aspects that we do, natural resource management, we take care of that in, in our park services division. And then we also have rec services division. And mm. so those folks on that side of the world do all of our programming, special events, facility operations. And so there's about 82 full-time employees in our department. And then we are really supported by about 600 part-time staff. So we rely heavily on 
um, lots of students, um, mm-hmm. number one. But then also we see a, a larger number of retirees that are coming back to work with us as well. Um, so when you think about lifeguards and you think about umpires and um, people mowing grass for us, preparing baseball fields, softball fields, um, those are all part-time employees that we manage throughout the year. Okay. How many how many employees total do you have full and part-time? So full-time employees, we have 82. And then we have a, usually around 600 part-time employees. Wow. And, and and that is probably at the peak is about yep. June. Yep. Um, so we start hiring those folks and they come aboard in March and then really work with us through November okay. um, in a lot of different places. And then obviously indoor facilities right now, we have a lot of part-time staff that yeah. are helping us run those. So a big those. seasonal workforce for the most Absolutely. part. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we we have to rely heavily on that. How many parks total are in your inventory? So we have 78 parks. All, 78 parks. Yeah, That's all amazing. throughout Columbia. Yeah. So range from Cosmo Park, which is, which is our large um, regional park that lots of people visit, all the way down to neighborhood parks. We have over 20 neighborhood neighborhood parks that are really just designed for individuals that are going to walk or bike to yep. the park yep. um, and that are going to just serve that need for immediate recreation, whether that's a playground, basketball court, um, or just open play field. And we give that opportunity to folks. Um, and then what we're always known for is our trail system. Yep. So we have 62 miles of trails all throughout Columbia. Wow. Um, that includes concrete, gravel, and natural surface trails. And, and really, so that gives that opportunity for people to, whether they're commuting to work or just using it for recreation we, we offer that to folks and um you know we we encompass that with over 3600 acres of land yeah. throughout columbia and yeah. so um really we're just supported by a park sales tax in the city of columbia and, the, and our community um that that allows us to be able to have this type of inventory of a park system yeah what's your annual budget so our annual budget is about 18 million dollars okay. and that that includes around three and a half million dollars in capital improvement yeah. projects yeah um through the park sales tax and so the rest of the those funds uh, kind of divvied up between different funding sources, um, but that is what we use to yeah. operate the department, to be able to build new parks, and, and take care of what we have. Yeah, you're running a good sized company. That's yes, really with yep. you know 85 full time employees and mm-hmm. an 18 million dollar budget. That's uh, you got your hands full. Yeah, whenever someone asks you, oh, what do you do as the parks and rec director? I, I always describe it. It's a lot like running a business. Yeah, it um, is. What we do, with, and we have customers. Um, and, and then we have just facilities that we have to take care of and things we have to offer. And so it really is running a business for the city of Columbia. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Uh, this, uh, this radio station is famous for having a group of listeners who kind of groan every time we, we talk about parks. But the truth of the matter is, I, I think what I like about Columbia's Park and Recreation Department is that you guys are very transparent about your numbers and about the, the way that you do things. You're very efficient. You're, you're probably, and this is going to get you in trouble with some of your peers, but you're, you're probably the best run department in all of the city of Columbia. And so I think people should, uh, while they may have, they may think we have too many parks. Uh, the truth of the matter is you guys are very good stewards of public money and you're contributing to something that really drives our local economy, and that is quality of life, quality of place. And and that's what people talk about when they talk about why they moved to Columbia, Missouri. Well, thank you very much for that comment. Um, I appreciate that. And and you kind of hit it with quality of life. When yeah. we talk about that, that encompasses a lot of things. Uh, and we'll get into we'll get into tourism and sports yeah. tourism here later, and economic development, and and just solving problems for the city. Um, it's amazing as I became the director how often we are involved with problem solving. You know, if we have an issue in our community or we need to to supply something to our community, we're often looked at. Um, what kind of facility would we have to be able to use for that? 
or you know how do we how do we help with this type of health problem or when the pandemic popped up the number one thing people said was to go outside to exercise and mm-hmm. to be out in the outdoors yeah and so all of a sudden parks and recreation became this priority for folks i mean we've seen that continue yeah um, with the number of people that are using our services it's interesting when you talk to ceos about how they recruit and attract uh, leaders to their companies from outside of columbia from the coast is typically what they're talking about uh, to get the quality of people you know we've had some very successful startups in our, in our community and even our hospitals have to really work hard to get the finest surgeons and and uh, specialists uh, to move to columbia and sometimes it's a real sales job uh, but you know the the parks are something that people talk about as to why they came to columbia Brent Bishore hosted the Main Street Summit uh, a couple of months ago here in Columbia, drew business leaders and investors from all over the world to Columbia, Missouri. And one of the things he did, he began his day, his days during the summit down on the Katy Trail. He wanted people to see this amazing uh, trail system that we have in our community. So it really, there is a strong connection to business. And, and I think that uh, sometimes people don't understand uh, how important that is uh, in terms of uh, supporting uh, what we try to do here from a business standpoint. So what's going on this type of, this time of year? You're, you're basically doing a lot of planning, uh, for the upcoming season, for the, the seasonal, seasonal part of your, your business, but, uh, any other special projects you're working on in terms of just getting, getting ready, uh, for, for the year? So in terms of special projects, like we, we're wrapping up a lot of things that we were working on all fall. Um, and then we are really starting to look at staffing, which I know we're going to talk about a little bit today. Yeah. Um, we start to look at all of our special events that we'll have in the upcoming year. And then we start to talk about all of our outdoor facilities. So um, when when we're only two or three months away from starting that sports season, for instance, yeah. we are now looking at what needs to be done um, before we start those seasons to make sure when everybody starts to come to our facilities and you use our, our different um, amenities, we are ready for them. And so a lot of the planning and, and what we need to do occurs now. Yeah. Lots of times when we talk about capital projects, our planning staff is working on bids um, and requests for proposals and in, and lining up contractors so, because that season is busy. Yeah. Um, we know that from a, just a business and a construction standpoint, and, and we use a lot of outside contractors. We support our local business owners. Um, and so when we can do those things, we're working on all those things, kind of lining them up. Yeah. Um, and then we do a lot of our public input now, too. So when we can meet with the public about a project, for instance, we'll do that over the winter and talk to them um, so that we can kind of line that out when we get to the summer we just get really busy we we probably average three to four special events a week um when we talk about um everything that's happening on our recreational side that you're sponsoring that you're coordinating correct yep so and that can be everything from heritage festival fire in the sky all the way down to a neighborhood block party that we're having just for local community yeah and so we're always working on those things um that are happening and then um small programs that happen out of facilities occur you know on a weekly basis and so we're working on those as well so we really we have a really great team environment and those folks pull everything together um work well to get uh every single program program and park ready for the spring so one of the anomalies in the local recreation scene and you know you go back five or ten years and probably most people could have never predicted the popularity of pickleball uh how that has come on on so strong it's been around for a long time but uh, it just seems like the last two or three years there's been a just a major surge in interest in in that sport thus creating a demand for more pickleball courts and more pickleball uh, court time um, and that you've got to try to accommodate and meet. And, of course, you know, some of this stuff takes a lot of planning. uh, And so you try to respond as quickly as you can. But talk a little bit about pickleball and uh, sort of what are you noticing about the sport? Is this sort of just a a short-term blip or is this something that's here to stay? 
Well, about I guess it'd be about ten years ago. We we'll always go back to our, our friend Skip Dimming, who is probably the the founder of Pickleball right. Columbia, came to us and said, "You guys need to be prepared for this, and you're going to have a lot of people that are going to start to play this sport." And we've heard that with other sports in the past, and mm-hmm. and we try to make sure we provide those courts or we provide those fields to those folks. And um, but pickleball has taken off. It mm-hmm. is the number one fastest growing sport. Every Parks and Recreation conference I go to, there's someone that will bring up how are we handling our pickleball. Mm-hmm. Um, needs and so for us you know the one thing I, w- I will say is my predecessor Mike Griggs when he was our director um, we really started to do a little forward thinking on pickleball and we had put some courts in that were dedicated and and we've started to identify some other locations for dedicated courts we share some tennis but what we found is the demand for pickleball requires dedicated courts and mm-hmm. so we we put some in at Albert Oakland we've converted some tennis courts at Albert Oakland and so that kind of helped and now we are just opened our f- uh, four new courts at Phillips Park yeah. Um, so the one thing that we originally heard was we'd like to have all our courts in the same place, but now it's more um, kind of branching out through all throughout the community. And mm-hmm. so we've opened four additional courts there um, to help alleviate some of the 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 need for use of courts. And then Albert Oakland, we've got another big project coming up to build dedicated courts mm-hmm. um, there. We've got some multi-use courts that we use, but we're going to create some more dedicated courts. And what's the timeline like on that? So our funding is in FY25, so that's okay. like next October yeah. is when we'll really start planning it. Um, but again, the hard part with being the director of Parks and Recreation is nothing happens fast enough, right. especially when we talk about planning and construction. And, yeah. and so we we are very open with people to say, this is a process yeah. um, that we go through for public input, council approval, bidding projects, and then ultimately getting to construction. And so as we've seen our pickleball grow, we know there is a need in the community. And so we've, we're meeting that need by adding some new courts and then... Um, one thing that we are looking at is our, our master plan for our park system is getting ready to start, uh, kind of an update process. We have, we are still working from 2013 plan. Wow. So it's about time to start a new yeah. plan. Yeah. Um, and so pickleball will be a big one. And you ask that question. Yeah. Are we meeting the need? Is this a fad? How long is this going to last? We'll go to our community and we'll ask those questions and, and the folks I've talked to. I, I, I don't see it being a fad and I, I see it staying for a long time. Yep. It, it's turned into a really great sport that creates community within that group mm-hmm. um, is what I always say. When when we talk about competitive softball, folks are there to play competitive softball, but that pickleball group is a tight-knit group. They they are all kind of friends. They play together. They can play at a recreational level. They can play at a competitive level. Um, and so we've seen that from, we use that word community a lot and quality of life. It's one of those things we're going to need. Yeah. Um, and, and pickleball fills that need for a whole lot of people in our community. Yeah, right now. that's great. It, would you describe it as a, for people who have never played pickleball, would you describe it as sort of a low impact sport or um, is it something that is it's not as in terms of the the amount of athleticism required does it, it require as much or more athleticism than tennis so it's a smaller court than tennis. So what okay. I usually say is there's a lot less lateral movement. Okay. Um, there's a lot less running back and forth. But there is a key hand-eye coordination. Um, yep. It's a quick-paced game, yep. so you have to be ready for that aspect. So um, it really meets that need of folks that 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 need that recreation and fitness, um, but that may not be able to handle that that lateral movement and those long runs of tennis. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we kind of seen that. But the other thing that is very interesting with pickleball is. Um, pro- 
I see more college students playing pickleball now than I ever have. Yeah. Um, at one time, we had a lot of, uh, you know, what I would always say is our senior citizens in our community have picked it up. But now it's really kind of evolved into a game that everyone plays. Yeah. Um, and has really enjoyed. That's Gabe Huffington. He is the director of Columbia's Parks and Recreation Department. When we come back, we'll talk about some of the new parks that are coming online here in Columbia. All of that and more coming up on the CEO Roundtable. You're listening to 93.9 The Eagle. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on 93.9 The Eagle. And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable show. Fred Perry, your host this weekend. We are visiting with Gabe Huffington, who is the director of Columbia's Parks and Recreation Department. And uh, there's a new park coming online. Tell us about the development of the John W. Allspaw uh, park. And tell us where it is. Absolutely. So right off of Mexico Gravel Road, um, kind of across the highway, as we say from Bass Pro, we were approached, gosh, in 2020 um, by John and Carolyn Allspa about the potential for a donation of land for park purposes. Hmm. Um, Mr. Allspa had owned the land for many, many years, and it had it always been called his farm. Um, it was this place where he went and his goal and kind of when he approached us was he didn't want to see it be developed. Yeah. He wanted to make sure it was preserved. And that was kind of a, a family, um, what they wanted to ha- see happen as well. And so yeah. we started to talk to John Allspa before he passed away about the potential for a donation of land to the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and then unfortunately he had passed away. Caroline came and talked to us. And so um, back about a year ago, we acquired 200 acres of land wow. right off of Mexico Gravel Road through donation with the purpose to be a park. And when we say a park, what they really would like is to make sure that wildlife and natural resource preservation was the purpose yeah. of the park and so we acquired the land and and a lot of it is wooded there's some open areas some of it had been farmed in row crops for yeah. a number of years and so that's kind of one of our next big projects is to talk about what that park will become um, we're a few years away from having park sales tax funding but we have a lot of interested parties in columbia that would like to have input on the park and so um, over the next couple of months um, coming into spring we're going to have a kind of a series of of public input meetings um, I don't know that we'll show a whole lot of plans. What we really want to find out is from a community standpoint, um, what do folks want and what do folks need? Yeah. Um, when we talk about additional trails or we talk about some agriculture development, for instance, oh, yeah. um, was there and um, some tree preservation and establishment. And so it's a very unique property. It's split by Mexico Gravel Road. But um, as we talk about our needs and we talk about that location, um, it's going to be kind of our, our next nature area and our and our access there. And when you look at a map of the third ward of Columbia, there was no real preserved nature area in that mm-hmm. area. And so it just made a lot of sense. And then it's a generous donation. Um, yeah, so when you sure think is. about someone to think uh, of a property that's worth millions of dollars, but instead of being developed, he said, we would like this to be a park yeah. in perpetuity. That was something that we, we take very important to us. And 
Um, we'll work on a development plan that will eventually get to city council. Now, I don't want to get you in trouble here, but what are some of the possibilities? I mean, what could happen on that property? Sure. So there will be some some trails. We'll talk about shelters, mm-hmm. general, you know, our normal outdoor recreation amenities. Um, we'll talk about how we get kids involved in nature. Yeah. Um, that's something the Missouri mm-hmm. Department of Conservation's had some discussion with us about. Do you visualize ball fields? No. So as part of the agreement, one thing that we we wanted to, that they wanted to steer clear from is so we talk about aquatic facilities, baseball fields, yeah. those things won't be there yeah no Uh, ice no ice no ice that's a whole different show if we want to talk about ice ice drinks and indoor swimming leave that to the private sector yeah Yeah. well maybe so it's always a possibility yeah um but so we talk about trails we'll talk about shelters just outdoor space but then also um there's a big proponent in john allspa was because of him and and what he had done previously is is farming and agriculture yeah and so we're gonna we're gonna pick the brains of our our folks at columbia center for urban agriculture a Mm -hmm. little bit um and some other community members about how we could have incubator farms or how we could have some additional space um, where people have access to that and, yeah. and learn that trade yeah. um, that may not have access to land to be able to do yeah. that. And so, But really, this is a unique property, something that I haven't done a whole lot with is we're just going to listen to the public first yeah. um, and find out what they want. Normally, we would show a proposed plan and say, this is what we'd like to do. What do you think? Yeah. On this property, we're going to listen first yeah. um, and, and then we'll come back and start to talk about a plan. Yeah. Does that have a proximity to the trail system? Does it connect to does that property connect to a trail? So it will. So we actually, uh, the Hinkson Creek Trail going north as it leaves Stevens Lake Park, we have that trail constructed up to Conley Road. Okay. Um, we are waiting on the I-70-63 MoDOT project. Yep. yep. Um, and then we will go under all of that area, and then we will continue to go north until we connect to the new sidewalk that's right there by the roundabout at Mexico Gravel. So, yes, yeah, so we will have trail connectivity okay. um, all the way to the Allspot property. And then the next goal is from Allspot property. Property, and this is something you'll like to hear. Mm-hmm. We are going to connect it to Northeast Regional Park, the former Boone County Fairgrounds. Okay, so good. we'll have some connectivity all the way north, and 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 we'll talk about that a little bit, but like trails plan wise. But that was something in 2021 when we talked about the park sales tax. It was getting a major trail north to in Columbia, and so that route takes us right by the Allspot property. Yeah. So when we acquired that, we also you know in the back of our heads we talked about it being a trailhead. So folks can get to the Allspot property. You can take a trail all the way into University of Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, you can take it all the way downtown Columbia. And so yep. from a business aspect, from a, a commuter aspect working in Columbia, we're connecting a big portion of our population yeah, by trail. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to work on the name of that park up there. Northeast Regional Park, that is not very yeah. sexy. We, we've we've had some conversations <laughs> about that, Fred. Um, we, we will get to that point. Uh, we're, we're, we're almost there to start talking about a feasibility study yeah. and some proposed plans and some images or what that would look like yeah. and is uh, that is there funding available for that at this point for the for the old fairgrounds is there funding uh coming online for that anytime soon there will be so okay. in fy 2025 so again okay. um, here in just about two years yeah. we have this, some initial funding to start mm-hmm. development it's nearly four million dollars in park sales tax funding yeah um and then another thing that we're working on is the state of missouri and their budget process allocated two and a half million dollars um towards buildings for the boone county fair okay um and so that was something that we worked on with state legislatures um, and now working with the Department of Agriculture at the state level um, to build new facilities for the Boone County Fair. Yeah. Um, so as you know, one of the requirements when we took over that par- the property from Boone County when it was former fairgrounds was that the fair will continue to be mm-hmm. there yeah. permanently. That will That's be awesome. their home. Yeah. So it's about 26 acres. And and so you know we're fortunate that the state of Missouri is going to help us fund yeah. some new buildings for that. Perfect timing. That's mm-hmm. great. Yeah, that's, that's smart. Um, 
Another big project is the expansion of the field house uh, at uh, Perry Phillips Park. Uh, the, you call it the Columbia Sports Field House. Is that right? Correct. Uh, tell us about the that facility in its current formation and what the new addition will 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 do to it. Okay. In 2019, we opened the Columbia Sports Field House, and and that met our need for hardwood courts. Um, so when we have a need for hardwood courts, we talk a lot about basketball, mm-hmm. volleyball, um, and now pickleball was you know it's gotten it's gotten so much popular, and so they play a lot in there. Um, but when we talked about basketball and volleyball, we we owned three hardwood courts in the city of Columbia. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, yeah, so we just really weren't meeting those needs. Um, Columbia Public Schools helped us out a lot by allowing us to be in their gyms. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that we started to talk about when we talked about outdoor recreation. To indoor was the construction of the field house and so we opened those four courts um we are a practice facility for a lot of local teams we mm-hmm. also host a number of um, what i'd call mid-missouri to regional tournaments of all kinds so yep. basketball tournaments volleyball tournaments um we we'll host a lot of pickleball tournaments now as well mm-hmm. um and then we host a couple of big special events there and so we have four hardwood courts um with all those supporting amenities such as restrooms office space and so one thing though we always know is to start to become more of a regional tournament facility or national tournament facility mm-hmm. you need to get to eight courts or 12 courts and mm-hmm. so as the next parks in the renewal of the park sales tax we allocated additional funds to build in four more courts okay um is so there room to do 12 at some point there is we we have <laughs> always planned to have a facility that could hold 12 courts yeah. or have eight hardwood courts plus have another forty thousand square foot building connected to it um that could be artificial turf yeah um for some indoor sports but yeah so we're going to start the construction process this spring um, we got that push through council in terms of approval. We're ready to go. Um, and so that, you know, it'll take approximately 12 to 16 months to construct and then we'll be able to get to eight courts. So then we'll really start talking about how we utilize, for instance, the new airport, um, to fly players in that are going to participate in tournaments potentially, wow. um, from a sports tourism aspect yeah. because our eight courts partnered with some other courts in the community really opened up that venue um but the one thing i've noticed it's pretty interesting with that facility is we are meeting the need of our local players the most um the number of rentals we have um kind of amazed me compared to the number of tournaments we're having just from local teams that need practice space yeah um and then our columbia youth basketball league you know they are up to i think over 1200 kids playing that league they start this weekend um and they'll be there for the next four or five weekends um so they really had a need to for their program and so we can put them all in one space they can have all their different age groups in there so from little kids up to high school kids are going to be playing basketball in that facility as well yeah talk about our uh, sports tourism is is something that is really uh, emerging as a uh, a pretty significant part of our local tourism economy uh talk about what what the needs are i mean you, you talked about 12 courts being pretty important for a basketball tournament of of a of any size to come to columbia um what what are you looking at where where can you accommodate uh big groups now in terms of sports tourism yep sure so I, i've realized as the director of park sports tourism is such a key portion of what we do for mm-hmm. our community when we talk to amy schneider with the cvb and we talk to other community leaders we talk a lot about who's coming to columbia mm-hmm. um and, and why are they visiting and so for us um a lot of the times we're just a provider of facilities and so when the field house as we've talked about that's serving a need that's going to kind of fit that role um, one of the things that's going to come down the line you're going to hear us talk a lot about is synthetic turf sports fields. Um, so we have a lot of natural grass fields. The, the sports of soccer and baseball have really started to convert to synthetic turf because it doesn't rain out. Right. Um, they right. don't have those cancellations. So when you talk about sports tourism, you talk about 
50 teams coming into Columbia. They don't want to get here and be rained out. And so that's something, a conversation we'll have. So one of those places we've talked about a little bit, that former Boone County Fairgrounds, Northeast Regional Park, we do have plans to put synthetic turf fields there. Um, And that's something we've worked pretty closely already with Sporting Columbia and talked to them a lot about. Um, But as we get to four fields, six fields out there, we can start to pull in some of those tournaments because right now a lot of those folks drive to St. Louis and Kansas City for competitive soccer. Or Boonville. Or Boonville, exactly. (laughs) They don't have to go too far. Yeah. Um, and so that's one of those things that, you know, as a master planning process here in a few years and, and as an immediate need that we funded in the park sales tax, mm-hmm. that's probably one. Um, we've talked pickleball, but you couldn't build enough pickleball courts right, right now to have for those major tournaments. Yeah. Um, but even, you know, we built uh, Harmony Bend's disc golf course um, and we actually just got awarded a major tournament for next summer. Um, that will bring in about 300 to 350 players from all over the United States. Now, that's down on Strawn Road, is yep. that correct? It's considered it, to be one of the best uh, disc golf courses in, in America, right? It is, it is. And, and we kind of jumped <laughs> on the, the competitive disc golf world. is really fired up in the last probably five to ten years, and so we were right in the forefront of that. And so I'd still say it's probably one of the top 20 courses in the United States. Um, anytime you go to that parking lot, I always am amazed that I'll see license plates from other states. Yeah. Um, and that yeah. always kind of gives me an idea. People are driving to Columbia to play disc golf, which yeah. at first when they, when this idea was brought to us, I, I was a little skeptical. Um, but now I look at it as it's just that amenity that we provide. Yeah. Um, much like the cross country course. Yeah. Talk about that because that's, that's been a, a, a wild surprise, uh, and how popular that has become. And, and in fact, it, it's, it, is it going to be or has it already been the, the home of, of the, our first, the, our community's first NCAA national championship? So we will actually host the NCAA championships in 2025. Okay, next year. Um, yep. Okay. So we host the NAI championships, which is the Columbia College affiliated here next year. Um, we hosted the SEC championships back in 2021. We hosted at NCAA regional. And so we, we built this cross country course because there was a need in our community, mm-hmm. one at the high school level. Um, but then as we started talking to the University of Missouri, um, and kind of partnered with them on the project, we saw that there was this major need for uh, a facility to run that type of event. And it just doesn't exist in the Midwest. I think we went to Terre Haute, Indiana was one of the closest facilities. Yeah. And so we built the, the cross country course and, and I would easily say it's one of the top three places to run in the United States. Um, and so in the fall, we're hosting over 20 events now, um, from middle school up to collegiate level runners, um, that are participating in those events for cross country. And that's just something that, you know, I wouldn't have thought, you know, what it is pretty amazing what it's become and what yeah. we're known for. Help um, our listeners understand where that is. It, it's directly across. Uh, from Tolton High School, correct? Correct. That's the, the easiest way to explain yeah. it is you go out on Gaines Road and it's directly across from Father Tolton High School. It's Gaines Creek Recreation Area. It was originally, as we kind of planned it out, it was going to be baseball fields, softball mm-hmm. fields, soccer fields. Um, and then this, uh, this idea of cross country came about. And so now we have this dedicated facility that we maintain and it's, it's busiest from what I would call end of July through November. Yeah. Um, because that's your running season for cross country. And, and it, prior to this, the, the best, Cross country course was a golf course in Jeff City, right? I mean, that was what most people were using in this area. Yeah, it, it had hosted the the Missouri State High School Championships for gosh, almost fifty years. Um, and then when we put a bid in to host it here in Columbia, um, it moved to Columbia before we actually bit, built the course. Right. Um, we were awarded that championship, and so our goal, you know, our priority every year is to make sure that we continue to host the Michigan State Cross Country Championships. Yeah. It's kind of that race that every high school kid dreams that that runs, that dreams to be in, and so we'll continue to host that, and then we're working closely with the University of Missouri on all these major um, running events that involve collegiate athletes, and so really 2025 is going to be icing on the cake, so to speak. 
speak when we host that championship. That's Gabe Huffington, the director of Columbia's Parks and Recreation Department. When we come back, we'll talk about the latest uh, version of the Parks Tax and how we're doing in terms of fulfilling the promises made in that Parks Tax. And we'll also talk about a, a trail plan that's coming up as well for public input. All of that and more coming up on the CEO Roundtable. I'm Fred Perry. You're listening to 93.9 The Eagle. Uh, you can talk about the pit. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on 93.9 The Eagle. And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable Show. Fred Perry, your host this weekend. We are visiting with Gabe Huffington, who is the director of Columbia's Parks and Recreation Department. Many things uh, still to talk about here in this final segment of the show. Um, the uh, You have a uh, 213, 2013 plan that you're working off right now, but you, you are looking at a trail plan for the city of Columbia. What does that currently look like? What are you hoping to accomplish in, in the latest version of, of this plan? It's been 11 years now. Yep. So when we passed the 2021 park sales tax and we were able to put, there's four major trail projects within that that implementation schedule, um, that funded some of our major pieces of our trail system. We made us kind of look back at that 2013 plan and say, this is very out of date mm-hmm. in terms of where we need to go. And if someone asked, like, like Mr. Perry asked me, Hey, what's our next trail we're going to build or where do we, where do we think we're going to go? We kind of need that plan updated so we can send them that we can mm-hmm. show you that and say, this is, this is where we hope to develop. And as we talk to folks and, and raise money for those things. And so we actually have done public input over the last year. Um, we went to each ward in Columbia. We went to some different meetings and we talked about the plan and, and kind of our routes and how we work on a trails plan is we have priority trails mm-hmm. and we have some secondary trails and tertiary trails just to kind of say here are our priorities what does everybody think um and then any all of our trail users that come out a lot of it is connectivity to my neighborhood yeah um is how it always works and so we try to do our best with that um but as we've talked about just getting this trail built from stevens lake park all the way up to the old boone county fairgrounds is important for us and so we're actually ready to go to city council so we're going to introduce that city council we'll discuss that plan update with them um they'll approve it and then that'll be something that we work off of for the next you know what i would imagine would be five to seven years mm-hmm. until we start talking about the renewal of the next park sales tax and it really just helps to outline and educate our public and our, and our patrons about where we're going with the trails yeah now if i remember correctly in november of 2021 uh the citizens approved the latest uh, version of the uh, park sales tax and uh, overwhelmingly it just mm-hmm. uh, it was in the 90 percent approval range I mean, which was phenomenal uh which i think speaks very well of, of just sort of the confidence that the public has in our parks and recreation department uh Tell us about some of the updates from that tax. So in terms of land acquisition, has has have you been able to acquire some land since that passed? Yep. So the park sales tax kind of does four major things for us: land acquisition. So I always tell folks we're the only city department that has money allocated for preservation of land. Okay. Um. So when we talk about public works or city utilities acquiring land, most of the time that is for some type of development or utility installation. Um. But we acquire land for. Um, preservation of green space. We're fortunate, um, like for instance, with the all spot donation, we didn't spend this money. Right. Um, so we were actually approached about a property that's, um, just outside of the city limits in Southwest Columbia. Um, and just, uh, got that transaction finalized in mid December, um, for Stewart Park. So it's a 120 acre park, um, in Southwest Columbia, um, currently sits in Boone County. 
And uh, he kind of approached us after he had saw the All Spa donation and mm. said, I've owned this land since 1966. Wow. Um, and I, I would like to make sure it's preserved as a park um, because this is, again, the land I've taken care of for a long, long time. And so we acquired that 120 acres. Um, and that was a, a 50-50 donation sale. Mm-hmm. So that's another really nice thing um, our community members think of us in that terms. Um, and so we spent about $600,000 for that property. Okay. Tell us kind of where it is in Southwest okay. Columbia. So it's just off, of, it's off of Stanley Poe Road. Oh, yeah. Um, so you go to high, you, you're just coming off. We have the Gates Nature area right there. It's off of Route K. Mm-hmm. Um, you go about a half a mile and it's Stanley Poe Road. And yeah. so that 120 acre property is located there. And so it's a little bit of forward thinking. We, we yeah. talked to city it's council when we talked about the growth of Columbia. Yep. We, he said, eventually this will be here. It's much like American Legion park was in the county for years and years and years and now if you go to american legion park just past that is you know old hawthorne the gates uh, there's everything two thousand homes gonna be there someday and so really it's a little bit of forward thinking but it's also talking about just our park system preservation of land we know that it's going to be developed in that area someday um and so our hope is we preserve that yeah and so that's kind of our big one in terms of land acquisition yeah um, and then really, we're pretty strategic right now because of staffing and the funding we have. Um, as we look to grow, we're strategic in terms of who do we serve, um, what's our needs in those areas. And so you, you hear that a lot. We have a lot of parks, but yeah. are we serving a, a certain uh, neighborhood, for instance? And yeah. that's what we're looking at right now. So we, we talked about the trails and green belts. Uh, you know, maintenance is something that I think is incredibly important. Uh, we don't, um, you know, you know it's it's one thing to add parks, but but parks and recreation locally seems to be very committed to maintaining the parks, so that we don't have these neighborhood parks that fall into disarray. There, there's actually money set aside, and they're they're in a maintenance schedule. They they get updated every few years, and they they stay clean and and uh, well maintained. Uh, how much of of that would you say is is your focus? I mean, do you do you dedicate fifty percent of your resources to maintaining? I would say at least. Okay. So when we talk about the park sales tax, um, it was about 48% of the dollars that we would have in the 10-year schedule mm-hmm. went to uh, maintenance of existing facilities. Yeah. Um, the number one thing we hear through our citizen survey is maintain what you have. Mm-hmm. Um, don't continue to grow past your point of being able to maintain things. So it's very important to me and our staff that we are doing those things. So a lot of when, you know, we've been very fortunate with the sales tax revenue coming in to add new positions, mm-hmm. but every position we talk about, we say, all right, how do we use this position to increase our level of maintenance? Yeah. So last year we added a, we actually added a person that they're dedicated to the maintenance of trails. Okay. So we talk about mowing and weed eating and, and blowing off trails and making repairs and bridge repairs, those things. So that person is dedicated to that. And so a lot of what we do is just the maintenance and what we have now. Yeah. Um, and to make sure, for instance, every 20 to 25 years, the playground has to be replaced. Yeah. Or a bridge um, has to be replaced. Exactly. Yeah. So we are getting ready to go. Actually, just started conversations about MKT trail bridges yeah. and the replacement of those bridges. And yeah. then every neighborhood park has playgrounds that have to be replaced. Yeah. And so um, West Winds Park, you may not go there very often right off of Stadium Boulevard, but that playground needs to be replaced. And so we are very fortunate that Park sales tax meets those needs to be able to do those types of maintenance projects. I remember when I was on the county commission, we were more than eager to transfer our trails uh, that the county maintained to the city because you guys are just good at it. I mean, that's what you do. You you maintain, did you say 60 miles, 60 plus miles yeah, of trails? 62 miles yeah, of trails. Yeah, that's so. amazing. Mm-hmm. So um, there is another part 
park that's sort of uh, percolating. Uh, uh, the planning is is getting started for the uh, the old Ameren site in downtown off of Park Street and Orr Street. Uh, it, what's the name of that park going to be? So the name of the park that our Parks and Recreation Commission recommended to City Council is the North Village Park. Okay, North so Village Park. We we currently call it the Orr Street Park property. It was formerly the Ameren site, right? Um, for many, 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 many years, um, until they completed a brownfield cleanup, and the city had first right to purchase that property. And so back, I guess it was twenty twenty one, um, the city acquired that property from Ameren. Um, and so with the purpose to be a park, yeah, um, going to be a little bit different. We've talked sports a lot today. We've talked about trails a lot today. But one thing that Columbia kind of missed, and because of this location, um, it will be a park focused on art and music. Oh, um, so when, yeah, because we're in the North Village Arts District, yeah. we're right downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Nikki Davis has served on a committee with us and lots of members in the, of that area and that community and, um, Kenny Green, who's lived there for 40 years. Yeah. And so we will, we will show council a park here in a couple of months that has six to eight different art. Um, installations. Interesting. Um, and has open green space instead of full of trees so that we could have the Missouri Symphony, for instance, mm-hmm. have an outdoor concert. Um, we also kind of have a need for some downtown event space. So when we talk about Pride Fest, which takes place just next door, they've outgrown their space. We don't, we lost our family fun fest downtown, mm-hmm. um, because Flat Branch Park just couldn't hold that event any longer. Yeah. And so we looked at this park. And, and so what's important is, and the nice thing, um, we received a grant through some ARPA funding for the Missouri Department of Economic Development, about $1.25 million. Hmm. And so the while we have about $200,000 in park sales tax, we supplement that with a grant um, through the Missouri Department of Economic Development because we can show how this park will support our downtown community and North Village Arts District and then have some different events there. And so we will go to council here in a couple months. Um, we've yeah. done our public input. We've talked to our park commission about it. Um, um, and the important thing is we always talk about it. It's, it's no longer considered a brownfield cleanup. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that process has been done. There's still some steps we have to take yeah. um, just in terms of what the EPA and, and the Department of Natural Resources wants us to do. Are you limited in terms of what kind of excavation you can do? So, so really, the only requirement or the thing you have to avoid is there's no basements. And so for okay. us, that was fine. Yeah. Right. Um, but for us, the only thing we have to do is there's different levels of excavation. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the space that we will use, we'd have to go 18 feet deep mm. before we'd have to worry about it. There's yeah. some other places where if we go three feet deep, um, it's just a reporting mechanism to yeah. the Department of Natural Resources to let them know. Are you thinking amphitheater type of? Not as much of an amphitheater, more of just an open green space that mm-hmm. can be used. Event amphitheater. One thing we had gotten just and heard from public input is a little too big. Okay. Um, when we get to that space and Rose Music Hall is next door, um, and we kind of have an amphitheater at Stevens Lake Park that is underutilized. So we've talked a lot about um, how we can improve on that a little bit here in the park sales tax in a few years. Um, but more so of just this large open green space. Okay. Um, and I'll give you an example of what I always use for people when you go to Nelson Atkins Art Museum in Kansas City. Yeah. Um, the one thing, the one picture everybody always is, is at the shuttlecock that's yeah. outside in the grass. Right. Right. So if you envisioned a park in Columbia with had all these art displays and you were coming to visit for a campus tour of the University of Missouri, you're like, hey, I'm going to stop by the park to make sure I get my picture taken at this famous piece of art yeah. that everybody else takes yeah. a picture by. Cool. That's kind of our whole synopsis of, and <clears throat> we're supporting a different portion of our community when we talk about arts and music. Yeah. Um, and those folks that do that, um, every day in our community and, and that park just sets up very neatly because it's right in the middle of everything yeah. and 
everybody's looked at a gravel lot for years and yeah, years and years. It's been a hazardous waste site for all these years. And it now has. it's going to be and, sort of a, a iconic uh, part of our community. Yeah. And of course they give that to parks and they say, Hey, you got to fix this and you got to figure out how to do it. It's an interesting, it's an interesting project for us though, because um, we're talking about new sidewalks. We're talking about underground utilities. We're talking about a lot of different things that aren't really parks. It's more revitalization of a city block. Yeah. Answer this question. Uh, complete the sentence. Most people would be surprised to know that our local park system blank um, offers a wide variety of recreational programming. Hmm. Everyone knows us for parks. Everyone knows us for trails. But if you ever grab a leisure times from us or go online and look at our special events and our programming, mm-hmm. um, we are robust in terms of what we offer. Um, so we have programs for kids that are age two all the way up to retirees. Um, oh. We know that Columbia is one of the most um, desired places to retire now. Yeah. A lot of that has to do with university. A lot of that has to do with our hospitals. But a lot of that has to do with quality of life for our citizens. And so, so give me an example of a, of a offering that people might be surprised to know about. Oh. Um, so we are the largest provider, one of the largest providers of martial arts in our community. Okay. Um, so when we talk about all of those different things that we do, um, we have for a lot of different programs from Mahjong um, to special events for preschoolers, all the way up to when we talk about the arc and we talk about fitness and, and what everybody can do there from a community center. Um, we always... We always talk about um, people build memories in parks because I, I participated in this program or I went to Fire in the Sky, for yeah. instance. Yeah. Um, that's a Parks and Rec program. Or I went to the Heritage Festival um, or I went to Yappy Hour with my dog. And, and so really we talk about building memories, but when you build skills. So when you talk about where can I learn a class, where can mm-hmm. I learn how to play the guitar, for instance. Yeah. Um, and then just uh, in throughout our life is just staying active. And staying active may not be running down the MKT trail. Yeah. It may keeping your brain active. Yep. Yeah. It may be keeping your brain active. So exactly. pick up a copy of Leisure Times uh, for the for the full offerings. Yep, know. exactly. That's Gabe Huffington. He is the director of Columbia's Parks and Recreation Department. We appreciate you joining us uh, this weekend, and uh, great to catch up with everything you're doing. You've got a full plate, man. Absolutely. I agree. Pretty impressive. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, we appreciate you. all you're doing for the community. We'll be back next weekend uh, with another edition of the CEO Roundtable. Uh, this is Fred Perry signing off. You've been listening to the CEO Roundtable on 93.9 The Eagle. It's my city, and I love it, yeah, I love it.